Radio. This is Catholics Read on cradio.org.au. Hello and welcome to this episode of Catholics Read. I'm Luke. And I'm Chiara. And I'm Victoria. And in this episode, we are reading George Bernard Shaw's Pygmalion. Um, a play. A play uh, in, as uh, Victoria just circled, 1912 mm-hmm. it was written. And it, it is quite one of Joe, well, I think it's one of his more famous plays. <laughs> I think it's, it's his uh, most was, famous. Yeah, it's his most famous and it was made into a movie uh, that was based on this play, uh, which most people and would know. And a musical. Know, and a musical known as My Fair My Lady. Fair Lady. Um, I also made made the point that um, Pretty Woman was based on this, but I can find no evidence for that, so maybe it wasn't. And Kingsman. Never mind. And <laughs> Kingsman. I'm not sure the Kingsman is like uh, the Kingsman refers to a lot of things. No, but it's, no, it's actually no, you're saying the story arc. Yes, it's, yeah. yes, it is the same Film story arc. You take a, a lower class snot and turn them into a upper class gentleman or woman. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess that that theme is um is a common. A common one, and Mr. Well, I think Bernard it gets Shaw. at something in in the human psyche. Then the the that everyone the is capable guy. of greatness. Yes, even the least. Yes, even but, the least, but also the that someone could expect. seem someone could seem um, what's the word disagreeable. Yes, um, whether it's their appearance or their their manner, manner. or their demeanor or something. Um, however. Things can be done to improve that. And the point is always that they always had it in them. Yes. It's just because of whatever means or whatever circumstances whatever lacking happened. Whatever lacking they had. That's just how they were before. Yeah. I, 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 cho- I chose this one because George Bernard Shaw is a master of the English language, <clears throat> let's face it. Can we talk about this? Okay, yes. Because I... Googled- you disagree? No, 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 no. I Googled him um, because the, only, the, reason, the only reason I know about this man is because of G.K. Chesterton and because of... Um, his poem, The Vegetarian, which was I, which I, was written, dedica- which was dedicated I, I, to George Bernard Shaw because he was a vegetarian. I don't know if it's called The Vegetarian, but vegetarian. It was called title. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, fantastic poem. Look it up. And so I looked up this man, um, wanting to find out more about him. And there are all these comments from critics that that say he's second, he's best second only to Shakespeare. And in things terms like of, he was a prolific playwright, a prolific playwright. Never come up. In my whole degree. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, maybe he has and I've forgotten, but I looked through what he's written, never heard of most of it. I'm so oh, I'm really I'm really excited to kind of hmm. look up this guy and I want to know why he was so He's kind of been a bit forgotten or left by the wayside. I look he probably hasn't, I just haven't been paying attention, but I'm just I'm curious to see what it is that may, mark, like people mark him out to be this this great craftsman of the English language. Um of the British he, he's certainly he's certainly a great playwright who's had a dramatic influence on pop culture. You know, in, if anything, by with stories like Pygmalion. Um, so you see the same story arc, but I think his was one of the sort of the first in sort of modern English literature mm. that um, sort of set a tone for that was it was wildly popular um, as a play, and so it's been sort of reiterated and the story arc has been reused and recycled ever since mm. um mm. my fair lady you know very directly draws an allude you know dr- very directly draws on the material of pygmalion and others less so yeah um well apparently he influenced t.s Eliot and people like that and apparently he was one of the first playwrights to make his audience think and I, look i think i think he's witty but compared to for instance oscar wilde or people like i don't know 
It's just not my oh. cup of tea yet, though yeah. I will, I will, you know, do a bit more research because yeah. I'm curious to see. He, he's he's an interesting character as well, George Bernard Shaw. He um, walked in great great literary circles, and he was loved and also hated. Um, there were plenty of people who were not fans of uh, GBS, and <laughs> GBS as he was known. That was how, yeah. When that was first, how he was known. He first, he's he's Irish initially, isn't he? I think so. Well, I, I mean, he's, he's Irish. Like initially, he's Irish. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the Irish are citizenship. Yes, mean, yeah. and um, and he, you know, he had great contemporaries like G.K. Chesterton, Hilaire Belloc, um, H.G. Wells. I think H.G. Wells, H.G. All four of those guys got together and used to have lunch every other day or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, like a fly on the wall there would have been fantastic. And well, that's what the extraordinary taximen. Yeah, when we, yeah, a that fly is. on the wall of, or a fly in the mind of G.K. Chesterton. <laughs> Just, yeah. That phrase will catch on. Um, <laughs> it's not a good one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but um, fun story. So Winston Churchill was not a fan of George Bernard Shaw. Oh, and okay. uh, and uh, there's a very, very well-known um, witty exchange between the two of them. George Bernard Shaw sent uh, Winston Churchill two tickets to his upcoming play and said, Dear, dear Winston, enclosed are two tickets Bring a f- to my opening play. Bring a friend if you have one. <laughs> <laughs> to which Winston Churchill replied, Can't possibly make the opening night. We'll make the second if there is one. <laughs> And you know, I, in my personal opinion, it's one of the greatest birds in literary history. It's um, which you know. <laughs> uh, Can I just say we don't have stuff like that anymore? Because no, because people outrage, get, outrage, offense. Twitter also is just, just think, dumbed everything think, down. But I do think that there is. I mean, like maybe in like the New York Review of Books or something like that, you'll see like okay. sort of. Well, you are. You'll see, like, intellectual slams between... And, like, I mean, I do see, like... Like, literary writers, slams. Yeah, like, writers like... um, uh, What's his name? Um, What am I saying? What's his name? Uh, Edward Faser, who I mention a lot, um, who's a Thomist philosopher. Like, piles on the burn for, like, <laughs> philosophers that he, he um, isn't with? a particular <laughs> fan of, such as, uh, like, new atheist philosophers he tends to really... He, he doesn't hold back. into... Um, with that kind of level of of ferociousness, is yeah. that the is that? It's, the it's not ferocity. Uh, it's not so much ferocity. It's good. Na- it, it's 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 good natured generally, but there's a there's an edge to it. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah. an edge to it. It's like having I don't someone. Know, he's not. He's not being like. You know, it's not gloves yeah. off, smack. I challenge you to a duel. <laughs> it's more like you know. It's it's more like watch me stab this dummy over here. That dummy has your face on it. Um, you know. So yeah. it's it's good, a nature. good nature. Well, I mean, look at G.K. Chesterton and like you know, yeah, they'd be able to. You know, go and. Go oh, G.K. Chesterton uh, used to make fun of Shaw all the time because he and was, yet they were they know, were. And they were polar well opposites. Yeah, they were. You know, they were good. They were still friends, but they used to make fun of each other all the time. G.K. Chesterton being an enormous, fat, three hundred pound man, and George Bernard Shaw being a rake vegetarian, um, skinny who was skinny as a rake, and so they both used to tease each other endlessly mm. about that. Um, and I do see a lot of that kind of wit, that very sharp edged wit in this. Play, the bit that I've read of it because Piers, I haven't finished it. I meant to finish it on the weekend, and I thought then I you'd had already it. read it. I'd, I'd read, I'd read most of it. Okay. Um, I kind of know how it ends. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's a point of contention. But the the plot itself, which will, it's actually a very very simple play. Um, there's a poor yes, the Cockney flower girl yeah. named Eliza, um, who is out in a rainy day in London selling flowers. 
Um, there's a fellow at the at this bus stop. There's a huge amount of people at the bus stop. There's a fellow at the bus stop who seems to be writing things down. Um, yeah, he's an English professor. Who turns out to be an English professor in and phonetics. He's writing down the phonetics of people and... Making um, everyone uncomfortable. Yes. And self-conscious about the way they speak. Anyway, he, he dashes off. Great fun off. at a party. He, he dashes off and leaves a bunch of money behind uh, in his rush, which the flower girl um, picks up. And uh, the next day... He, he makes the claim that he could make this flower girl... Into... A duchess yeah. in, what, three months, six months? Six however. months, I yep. think. She she gets the money and takes him, essentially takes him up on the offer because mm-hmm. she has this money now, is able to... Um, and so, uh, Mr. Higgins, who's the, who's the professor in phonetics, and um, Pickering, who is an... He's an English, was based in India for a while, Colonel, is he? Yep, Colonel. Colonel, um, who is also, uh, has a great love of, of phonetics, um, and so they start working together. Uh, and they they basically see Eliza as a, as a somewhat of a this sounds quite horrible but this is how they view it as an experiment of their um, of their abilities and it's a, it's a bet isn't it between Higgins believes like he makes this bet with with Pickering that he can uh, he can pass Eliza off as a duchess at uh, some kind of party or something um, within six months uh, and so she moves into to uh, Mr Higgins' house and. Um, you sort of like it skips over it over a couple of scenes. You have one scene at uh, at Mr. Higgins's mother's house where um, she meets uh, these people and and has a rather interesting relationship with Freddie. Um, I believe is that what happens? I sort of really skim skimmed. Okay. I think I think I missed the like the last is, half of she, that. She is transformed into someone. She's successful in um, the end with perfect perfect. Dictation and diction. enunciation and diction. Yes. yes. Sorry, not yes. Diction, diction. not dictation. Dictation. I'm sure you could dictate something very well. <laughs> um, with good diction, and one can pa- dictate very well. <laughs> and is 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 pastors. Yeah, as 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 a duchess and yeah. and Miss Higgins wins the bet. Eliza is somewhat distraught, um, understandably, because basically Pickering and Higgins are like, oh, aren't we wonderful? We, we, we turned her into this with no care for her as a human person. Uh, and so she gets... Or, inc- what, or what will become of her, because essentially they've raised She's her been... up, they've raised her up mm. to this class that she doesn't belong to, that she can't function in, because she can only sort of... Pass herself off. Pass it. herself off. Yes. Um, she can't go... She talks about how she tried to kind of go back to her life, talk to her old friends, and she couldn't do that anymore. She could no longer see herself marrying someone of, like... Uh, modest means. Modest or common means. Um, yet she is not... She's not high enough to marry someone of the class that she... Which in, you know, kind of look Victorian like she's part str- of. Yeah, so Victorian. she's stuck. Yes. And the two men don't seem to care too much. Pickering actually does seem to care at one point. I think Pickering, Pickering has a certain swept up in the whole thing. has a certain um uh politeness and the house, about, the and house a certain ca- Mrs. yeah, Mrs. What's her name? Um, um she's the most reasonable. I quite like her. I I don't know where. The, the housekeeper is um very Mrs. In, no, that's Mrs. Higgins. Very Never intent mind. on making sure that there are that they care for her afterwards. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, but yes, and so in the end, there's um, they have somewhat of an argument, and Higgin, Higgins, you sort of get this sense that there's a bit of a romantic tension there with Higgins, and eventually, um, Eliza, Eliza Higgins seems to pass off that he doesn't really care about her mm. and all this kind of thing, um, and 
Eliza, eventually they're having this argument and Higgins has this ultimate power over Eliza because he's the one who's taught her, he's the one who's brought her and she eventually has to basically keep crawling back to him ultimately until Eliza figures out that she's been taught all these wonderful things and she has actually a better natural knack for phonetics than Higgins does and so she threatens to go off to one of um, Higgins's rivals and teach and to basically put an ad in the paper that it was all a big facade, that she's this poor flower girl um, that's been made into a into a duchess, into a, a faux duchess, mm-hmm. and that she can teach young women to do the same. Um, <laughs> and so she'd be able to make a whole heap of money. And this gets to strikes at Higgins's heart. Yes. Um, anyway, Higgins seems to think that it, it would it would all blow over well, and and the sort of the ending kind of is um, he acts as though. Uh, acts as though Eliza could simply just, you know, continue her, her life of, of as the secretary uh, of Higgins. And she said, he says, I'll go buy this and go buy that. And she walks out and says, buy it. You can buy them yourself and walks out. And that's where it ends. Um, ultimately leaving you with the impression, at least in the written version, that Eliza's gone off to, to marry Freddie, who I mentioned before, yes. because she would much rather marry him than... than Higgins, who's acted like somewhat of a monster to her, um, and yet other play, other yes, yes, <laughs> other other directors have changed this because they don't like that idea. They like that, and this is where we're going to transition into discussion, I guess. Um, they don't like the idea that this is how it ends, and so they sort of insinuate with their twisted endings mm-hmm. that Higgins and Eliza get married, which frustrates me very much because I'm quite satisfied with the idea that she walks out on him yeah, and goes and marries, yeah, go and marries a guy that this, actually on this cares really about unhealthy, him. What, really unhealthy and vaguely abusive <laughs> manipulative relationship Absolutely. that goes and marries someone who's not going to no, do that. seriously, oh. seriously, it is. It's, it's quite, and I'm... Lo and behold, someone doesn't want to be in an abusive relationship and... It's quite an obvious, an obvious thing, and yet yes. the audiences did not like that idea. Neither did the directors. And um, isn't that and funny? Oh, George Bernard Shaw would have probably. But wonder how George Bernard Shaw talked to that. He wouldn't have had disgu- none of that. He, no, he was absolutely disgusted to the point where he was. I mean, we won't talk about the the quote, but um, where he he <laughs> oh, wrote he, he wrote things, instructions. Uh-huh. He wrote instructions into a later version of the play, which never makes it apparently to any of the writing, like the published writings. Yeah. But he hand wrote instructions to Eliza's character for the final scene, which was basically make it certain that you're walking out and that this is all over, kind of thing. Yes. Um, because he really wanted that, and I can understand why. Because he want, what what Shaw, I guess, is trying to put across is that. What's what's the um, Gall- Gallagher? Well, what's the name of the oh, um, the artwork? The ah uh, Pygmalion and Galita. Yeah, Galita is it Gal- or something like something that? Something like that. Yeah, has come alive basically. Um, and and unlike in Pygmalion, the the uh, as in the, the metamorphoses, yes, um, which we talked about last week. Um, and I haven't read, so anyone can correct me on this. But there's not a happy en- or a somewhat happy ending there. Is that the the artwork comes alive and has oh. its own independence and goes off? Yes, you know, and lives uh, happily ever and after. Has its own free will. No, 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 they no. get married. Oh, do they? No, 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 I'm saying no, no. In this, in oh, this, okay, sorry. Uh, in sorry, in Pygmalion by George Bernard Shaw. As opposed Eliza to Eliza gets Greek up myth, and Pygmalion. disappears. Yes. yes. As opposed to Ovid's Pygmalion myth mm-hmm. in the Metal Offices, where it all ends with um, marriage, uh, and so. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that we could discuss, which, oh, man, we have a very short amount of time to discuss. I mean, yeah. we've discussed George Bernard Shaw as a person and 
and that kind of thing. I mean, I think that, that one of the things that I, I was sort of thinking about talking about was kind of this concept of, of human dignity. Um, that- oh, I just found the bit. Sorry, I was just checking the Wikipedia page, yeah, yeah. refreshing my memory, and uh, the bit where George Bernard Shaw was manifestly unhappy with the way he the endings very- were changed. <laughs> he was very unhappy. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, this this concept that you, you notice in this, that Pickering, to a lesser extent, but very much Higgins, sees Eliza, even though he has this certain affection towards her, this, I guess, somewhat romantic affection towards her, um, he's very much treating her as simply this experiment that she's basically... Um, like she's like a statue that he's dressing up. Exactly, exactly. And I guess part of that's sort of why I'm quite happy with, with Shaw's initial ending, that really, you know, he does not deserve to have her uh, as, as a wife. Because he's a jerk. Because he's treated her so badly. I mean, it, it just seems a little bit strange to me that that's what... But I guess people just wanted to see a nice... Happy ending? I don't know. Mm. But, the, but it was a happy ending. That's what I don't get. Like, well, there's a the choice thing. between... This is what I found most interesting about the whole play was was the ending. And the fact that I, too, was... I, I didn't read it. I listened to an, uh, an oh, audio yeah. version of this with um, different actors playing each part. Interestingly enough, Mrs. Higgins is Australian. Yes, oh. yes. <laughs> it's very, that was, it's, that's very, it's, like, it's breaking weird the to fourth wall to. there. Yeah. Like, um, you know, yeah. Yeah. Breaking the suspension yeah, right there. Right. Like, I mean, if you know like, it's an Australian, Australian production and everyone's got an Australian accent, it's okay. But you've got a lone Australian accent in it's, there. It's it can be a bit weird. Very odd. Mm. Um, anyway. So I, but go I, the Australian for getting in there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was sitting, sitting there listening to it and it ended. And I, I kind of thought that maybe the audio had cut off or something. I, I thought it was a very strange ending. Maybe because I couldn't see the actors. I couldn't see the page that says the end. Yeah. Um, and so I started thinking about this whole idea. Or maybe of, the actors just acted it really badly and didn't put the right intonation no, to make it. No, 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 no. It ends. It, it ends, ends okay. basically. There's as a, a finality to it. I, I guess yes, what yes. happened is that I was expecting something else. I'd seen My Fair Lady, so I was expecting those two to get together. It seems like it goes for about twenty seconds too long, in my opinion. Like I would have thought that you can buy them yourself. It's yeah, the actually, the last, the last thing Higgins stage says, directions and... um, she says, you can buy them yourself, she sweeps out. Then Mrs. Higgins says, I'm afraid you've spoiled the girl, Henry, but never mind, dear, I'll buy you the tie and gloves. Higgins sunnily says, oh, don't bother, she'll buy them all right enough. Goodbye. So he, th- the sad thing is, I think he thinks she's going to come back. Um, but maybe Shaw wanted to put that on purpose to kind of emphasize the fact that she's she that he's deluded. Delusi- yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's the conclusion but, afterwards, whereby mm. my copy has the conclusion, and the audiobook I listened to read out the conclusion, whereby George Bernard Shaw explicitly states, and this is um, a few years later, maybe even a few decades later, yeah, I think that she marries Freddie. She does not get with Higgins, and she and he says why, and talks a little bit about you know how Clara turns out and. Um, it just all, all seems the other a characters. little bit frustrating that, like, he had to do that. It, it is. But anyway, my point <laughs> is about endings. Um, I, I don't know what it is about audiences and wanting... Actually, you know, I think we do know what it is. The fact is that we all have less than perfect lives and sometimes we go to the cinemas or the playhouse or anything to just... Watch something good happen. Yeah. Well, before and, this is the day before cinema, yes. that was you went to the playhouse. You and went to, to the theatre. sort of project ourselves 
onto these characters and maybe watch ourselves for the first time ever have a happy ending. And it made me think about the whole outrage surrounding, for instance, some, some more recent films. For instance, um, 500 Days of Summer. Has anyone seen that? Yes, no, I've seen it. No, but I've heard um, it's tragic. <laughs> it's tragic. Um, yeah, it is. The point is, I'm sorry, listeners, spoiler alert, um, but well, please, it's been like... Spoiler alert. It's been, it's been a, a long time. You should have seen it by now. Um, it's it's sort of like an anti-romance. It doesn't. He doesn't get the girl. Um, that That's how it ends. Um, well, it, well, no, he doesn't get the girl, and it ends with a with him meeting someone else. Yes, yes. Um, it, oh, it, it, it ends. Yeah, yeah well, him. but you don't see the unfolding relationship. Well, so. it ends with him realizing that he's probably idealized the situation, and that it wasn't it was how he thought work it was. Anyway. Um, a more recent version of that would be, for instance, John Green's Paper Towns, where the exact same thing happens. I watched it only a few days ago with my brother, and I remember sitting there at the end. He do- once again. He doesn't get the girl and um, goes off, goes to college. And my brother said, oh, you know, I didn't like that. It was quite sad. I said, why? He said, well, it didn't end up how you think it's going to. He didn't get the girl. And I said, yeah, but the whole point was that he realized that he didn't need her, that she she realized she didn't need him and that they both had to go live their lives. And they were both adults. Yes. And and made a mature decision about their... Society does not like this and... I, I'm part of this mass. I like having a nice, it's, sweet, it's romantic ending. No, I said, because- uh, but I would put a caveat on that. I would put a cave- caveat on that. Caveat? Caveat? Anyway. Caveat? Um, I always caveat. thought it was. I would say that people want to see a somewhat healthy relationship blossom so the guy mm. does get the girl because he deserves to get the girl and yeah. this is why I don't this is why I don't I dis- this is why I'm with Shaw on this point because Higgins doesn't deserve the girl he's a jerk he was, think, a, you know, he I was. Guess a, it's possibly he was a, jerk, a contextual thing. I mean, yeah, we maybe we currently a we're a hundred we're a hundred years later, and we're a this little bit true. more like little women's more... liberation or something. Yeah, like, I is that know. possibly what it is? I don't know. It's but, interesting. Yeah, well, George Bernard Shaw was ahead of his time in that case. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I. Yeah, we don't have to. Uh, we're, we're running out of oh, time. Oh, out of time. Okay. Um, interesting thing about the endings, though, as you mm-hmm. say that, when you look at Greek tragedy, though. Complete opposite. Oh, Greeks yeah. were no into one gets that. The girl. That was the Greeks thing. Greeks were into that. No, end but, quote. That is, <laughs> it's true. No, yeah, but like, one, no one gets like, the, two, the was, girl, and two, everyone dies. That, because tragedies not, were highbrow and comedies were lowbrow. Exactly. Yes. So it's it's quite interesting that it's not even like you know the the oh they break up but the relationship was never going to work anyway. It's a like I'm not an ex. I'm, I don't think I've ever read a Greek play. I've just sort mm. of done a little bit of aesthetics on that. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, but the impression that I get is that it's very much, it's heart-wrenching, and that's the point. That's why people went to the theatre, was to... To feel um, something very what's strongly. What's the term? Pathos. Um, no, no, we, we still use this term today. It's in English. It's um, cathar- catharsis. Catharsis. Oh, yes. okay, right. Catharsis. To experience Where catharsis. it's like you go there in order to experience the heart-wrenchingness of seeing this... This tragedy happen in front of you, and you know it's happening because it's the, That's the same it's reason the why girl- something mont. I forget it's a French term or something. It's this the the turn where the whole thing unravels. Like it's, yeah, the, it's basically the, the structure is that the, the tension the builds and builds and builds, and then the disaster happens, and the rest of the play is the kind of tragic ending of that disaster. Which I guess like things like. Um, Macbeth and things yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I guess Shakespeare definitely that. followed yeah. that classical that um, classical model where you had the comedies and you had the tragedies, and so mm-hmm. you know. But it's just interesting that like 
modern society wants to go to the theatre But this is, to, this is something else, though. While... Well, Greek um, society also loved comedies, don't get me wrong. Okay. They loved comedies just as much as they loved tragedies. So, okay. But they you know, were more lowbrow. But the yeah, fact is well. that Shaw's audience weren't satisfied with this with this ending. They wanted a happy ending. However, I think our society's gone one more because we, we're not even content now, I think, with just kind of like a happy ending. And my example here, and I I put this out to the, to the listeners, like right back if you disagree, but... For instance, Pride and Prejudice 2006, uh, no, 2005, ah, yes. all right, ended with a very, 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 like, understated, beautiful moment between Darcy and Elizabeth. Um, they don't kiss or anything like that. I, um, that's I, haven't, like, I haven't even seen like, it. Anyway. Hey, is this a series or the movie? The film, the film. Okay. 2005, directed by Joe Wright with Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. I'm pretty sure they kissed. No, they like, do not. They okay. do not. Okay. I've watched this many times. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've watched it once. And it, so and it, just, it ends in a very satisfactory, understated way in that they both kind of know how they feel. Not much is said. There's no kissing. Anyway, didn't go with the American audiences. They needed to have a... Oh, I saw the American separate, version then. A separate ending whereby Darcy and Elizabeth are calling each other pet names and kissing on a balcony and things like that. It's It's... Strange to watch, um, but yeah, the point, the okay, point that's is, why I didn't like that movie. The point is, I saw the American version. Don't watch that one. Watch the one with the original ending. But okay. the point is that there was okay. so much of a rally from the from the audiences, the test audiences, that they had to make this alternate ending for some DVD or cinema releases. Um, so I put that to you that our kind of audiences want even more now than mm. just a happy ending. They need this particular kind of Hollywood <laughs> rom com ending. Yes. Yes. It's, yeah, it's it's the guy needs to get the girl, and it needs to be blinking to obvious. <laughs> there's, I think, there's plenty more that can be said about that, but um, we need to we need to we need to leave it at that. So, right back if you disagree, readers. So um, we don't know what we're doing in the next episode, nope. and nope. I'm not going to sit here trying to think about nope. it. No mystery text. Mystery text. I want to do anyway. Let's. If not, you have no. any suggestions, no, I don't send get them the in, hopes please. So if you have any suggestions, short things are good. Yeah, okay. Short things are good. Send them in. We'd love to hear them. All right. So we will see you next time. All right. Take care. Uh, Through the other side of the... You sound like you're, like, out the door, (laughs) going down the lift. Bye. No. Bye. Bye. That was an episode of Catholics Read from cradio.org.au. 